0: how do you feel about this situation um
1: i mean feel a little bit like uh sharon stone you better watch out <laughs> <just kidding>. cool. <laughs> <laughs> wow dated yet still powerful I'm like yeah, yeah i was just thinking about what is That's the like, most awkward you know police interviews <laughs>
2: <laughs> i mean that that definitely takes the cake uh, probably welcome to stand up pedal action So, you want to start mountain biking? Today, we talked to brand new cyclist, Brett Fugate, about beginning to ride as an adult, how to not run over rabbits in the dark, and how quickly he learned the truth of N Plus One. Welcome to Stand Up Pedal Action. This is going to be a really fun episode. Today, we are going to be talking about what happens when you go from zero to one in biking. And to do that, we brought a friend of ours here into the studio. And Josh,
0: why don't you introduce our guest? Thank you, Jason. Well, over here we have the illustrious, Mr. Brett Fugate, um, who's been a dear friend for a while. And uh, just recently, this past year, um, has gotten more into mountain biking. And we'd love to hear a little bit about what that journey has been like. But uh, before we get into that, Brett, would you just give us a little bit of a backstory on who you are and uh, kind of what you do in the community?
1: Sure. I mean, first, I have a bone to pick. Um- <laughs> I mean, Jason, you just said zero to one. And so I'm not sure what scale you're using. If that's like (laughs) zero to a hundred and I've made it to the one on that, or if it's like zero to 10, or if it's just moving in a positive direction. So I'm, I'm hoping we can, we can work through that in our time (laughs) here. Um, That, that would be very helpful for me because it might make me leave, you know, feeling very good about myself or, or very deflated. Um, uh, is
2: it okay if it's on a two scale?
1: <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, actually I would, I would, I would say that's a stretch to be yeah. <laughs> at, at a, at a one on a two scale. Um, you give
2: yourself a, maybe one on a four. <laughs> yeah. I think a one on
1: a four might be where it okay, might we go. be more my, my, I don't know. We might have to let, let others think through that, but yeah, I'm, I, I'm, i Brett Fugeta. Um, I have, uh, two wonderful kids, uh, an, an amazing wife, uh, Kate and, um, we've, we've lived here in Colorado Springs for just over, uh, maybe 13 years now? Um, probably longer than that, um, but but about that. So um, we've really enjoyed this community. I work at a, at a university here in town, University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. I oversee academic advising. So so my job and, and kind of our mission is to the, is the, um, kind of partner with students to successfully navigate college. So that's kind of what I do on a day in and day out basis. And um, during COVID, it was quite a change going from connecting with students and connecting with, with people on campus to sitting in front of a, a computer and watching and participating in Zoom meetings all day, every day. It sounds really exciting. Yeah, it, it's not. Uh, <laughs> and But, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But that's also part of the impetus for kind of why I'm getting into cycling too is I kind of need to do something other than... Uh, sit in front of a computer and and be in zoom meetings all day. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. 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 Talk us through that
2: a little bit. Um, before COVID before these last couple of years, had you had really any experience in cycling? I mean, most of us have been like, you know, as a kid, you ride a bike around or whatever, but as an adult was cycling a part of your life.
1: Yeah, not at all. I mean, and, um, yeah, I mean, as a kid and you know, you, you, I feel like everyone had a bike in the neighborhood. Um, my mom was always one of the more, uh, kind of nervous (laughs) moms around as far as like not letting us explore too far out there or get into too, too much craziness with biking. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, you know, probably drop the bike at age 12, right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, pick it back up at about age 38 is an interesting transition. I've, I have been on maybe four bike rides between The ages of 12 and 38, right? Like four actual rides. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'd say that's a rough maybe six if I, yeah. I mean, (laughs) if if I'm missing a couple, but, but yeah. I I mean, as an adult, I'd only, I've only been on a couple of rides um, before, before this year.
2: Not even like, not even bike commuting, not even anything like that.
1: No, no, wow. nothing like that. All so, um, yeah, yeah, it's been it's been quite a while.
2: So talk me through this then. A lot of people might say, like, hey, I'm going to get back into biking. They would step into, say, road, gravel, something like that. But you pretty much went straight for the jugular and right to the mountain bike.
1: Well, kind of. I mean, I did kind of step into gravel first a little bit. So, so the way this kind of worked was, um, you know, my oldest son, uh, John, he – he was five at the, um, last year and he learned how to ride a bike and it was awesome. It was great. It was great to see him kind of succeed in that and, and figure it out. And then he learns how to ride a bike and it's like, Oh wait, how do we keep up with him <laughs> while he's riding a bike? Right. <laughs> Cause you can't just walk next to him. Like you can with a, a kid on a, on a strider bike or, or on a, on a balance bike. And so, and, um, you know, I'm not in the best shape of my life. So running for multiple miles next to a kid on a bike <laughs> is not the best idea. This isn't like, I have, you know, I had thoughts of like Mike Tyson's punch out where, you know, <laughs> like the trainer's always on the bike oh, and, yeah, yeah. and, and, you know, whatever that guy's name is like, that's not what I was doing with, with John. So, um, so I had been given a, an old hardtail mountain bike, probably six or seven years. It mostly just sat in the garage Um, and I'd ridden it, I think twice. So I think, uh, a a friend of mine had invited me out on a ride a few years ago. I tried it out. Um, and, but other than that, it pretty much kind of sat there, uh, collecting dust, but, but I'm like, I need to ride. And so I had that tuned up and was, and, and started riding with my son. And, and with COVID, it was also a matter of what am I doing for myself and to help keep my sanity and what am I doing for my health? Um, because COVID I think helped, helped me see how just unhealthy some of my habits have been in terms of sleep, in terms of, um, Exercise and nutrition, and that's I still haven't figured those things out. But <laughs> at least I'm adding a bike into the mix, which yeah, kind of you, you know hopefully cancels a little bit out. So, <laughs> so um so yeah, so so I start riding this bike, I get tuned up, and then I start going on just short rides over lunch breaks or before or after work um, every now and then, and you know we're talking eight ten miles right um, at most, and mostly urban trails, and it's a slog on an old mountain bike, uh, on urban trails. And so I'm like, I, I enjoy this, but I'm like, I really enjoy biking. It's a lot more fun to ride and explore 10 miles of a city than it is to run around a few blocks and be the same level of tired and see the same (laughs) scenes every single time. Right. So, (laughs) so I, um, so, so this is radio, so you all can't see me, but you can, if you, if you, know me at all or see me you definitely realize I'm not a runner by any means I do not have that build um but uh so yeah so anyways sorry this is becoming a um you know a novel here of of how I learned how to bike it's but
0: fantastic <laughs> no that's <what> we're after.
1: <laughs> but yeah so 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 I'm like okay you know this is so learn learn start biking kind of late spring into summer a little bit and then really fall started saying I need to you know ride you know, once a week or or just kind of get out there more. And then I decide, you know what, I'm gonna bite the bolt, I'm gonna buy a bike. And if you are a beginner trying to figure out a bike to buy, that is like a paralyzing, really challenging thing to do. So I literally Google, what is the best bike under a thousand dollars? Right. And (laughs) you know, because that's what I'm looking at, right? And you know, a Under a like a you know and it I I bought a bike and it was uh, it's a gravel bike it was like seven hundred bucks. Okay, wait a minute. Let's pause here for a second. Do you feel like googling that helped you at all,
2: or did you end up having to like phone a friend?
1: So yes, I did not phone a friend, and I think part of that and, and I would say you know and I'm sure this will come up, but there's a lot of getting into cycling is a very intimidating thing because there's a lot going on. Right. Tell me more about that. What do you mean? Yeah. So, okay. So think about it, right. I'm a guy who, you know, I'm, I'm 38 years old and I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. And so just kind of that, you know, silly pressure you put on yourselves to have to, to, to feel like you should know more than you do. Mm -hmm. Um, and you have to, you know, swallow your pride to ask questions. um, and to investigate, and then you're really not sure what you're looking at, right? Right. And so, you know, even at this point, I know a lot more about things like group sets, and, you know, chains, and, you know, and gearing ratios. I still don't know a lot, but I know more than I did, right? And so, at that time, I would say Googling best bike under a thousand dollars was super helpful (laughs) because it narrowed things down to like three or four. And I found one and they had just had a new, new, some new stock arrive because already there were starting to be issues with, you know, getting bikes. And so I, I bit the bull and I bought it and it felt like a huge purchase at the time. Yeah. But as you all know and, and I'm sure your listeners know, seven hundred dollars is nothing in the bike world, right? And you're probably like, is this bike even gonna last him right yeah, like yeah. more than a hundred miles? Because <laughs> what do like, you even do, right? It's like a
2: harbor freight bike right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is, right? And it kind of is. And and so I mean, it's definitely uh it is what it is. But um, but I felt confident enough with some of the people who had ridden it and, and given some reviews on it, and so I bought that. So that's what got me into biking. What was that bike, by the way? So yeah, so that is, um, it's called a Poseidon X gravel bike. Um, it's some outfit out of California. Um, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it has, it's like, you know, micro shift Advent X kind of, you know, shifting and all that. So it's, um... It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I know, that's fine. <laughs> right. Um I've had I've already had to replace one rim. Um I mm. think that's definitely an area they saved money on was on the, <laughs> on the rims. And um and as a heavier guy and trying to ride some chunky gravel on that, it it it, it was apparent that the rims were a, a place they saved space. But the frame has worked great and I haven't had any major issues with it, so I'm not gonna knock it really at all. But um and and honestly, like, you know, the the as a new biking person, the, the the used market, while it's super appealing, is all also super intimidating, right? Because you don't know what you're looking at. How do you evaluate condition? How do you evaluate how hard someone rode a bike? You have to put a lot of trust in someone selling it, and um, and, and you just you just don't know what you don't know, right? Right. Um, and so, um, and I know you asked a little bit about that intimidation, but there's a lot of other intimidation factors too, um, guys. I think like your, your kit, like what to bring. I mean, even, okay, I get a bike and I can, you know, I actually had, had a, a, a bike shop, put it together. Cause I'm like, I do not want to end up screwing this up and, and, um, um, in any way, but then it's like, I mean, how to change a flat tire, believe it or not. Right. That's an intimidating right. thing as a new cyclist. I don't know what kids' bikes are made out of, but, like, I never had a flat tire as a kid. Like, I don't know how those – it seems like – I don't remember anyone ever getting flat tires as a kid. Um, so I don't know what, what happened to kids' bikes, but but bikes now, they get flat tires, and you have to repair them, and you don't want to spend three hours on the trail trying to figure that out. So so there's just a lot of pieces, right, that, that's intimidating, routes um, and, and all of that kind of stuff, yeah.
0: That's, that's impressive. Uh, so you, you hurtled through a lot of different obstacles there. When you, you first searched for this, this bike or or the the top 10 bikes under a thousand dollars and you settled on on the Poseidon, was that a pretty simple process from there? Like to go through their site and figure out what size you need and what, what else, like, where did you go from there? Was it more Googling?
1: Yeah. uh, Well, yeah, I think, um, um, it, it was a pretty easy process. I mean, they, um, you know, I think, I think the online bike manufacturers are a lot better at kind of delivering a product that is mostly completed and they walk you through it. And I think they recognize as a more entry level kind of bike category, they're going to try to walk you through a lot of that stuff and feel good about it. So, so yeah, that process was, was easy to get that um, and didn't have any issues. Um, and of course, I think taking it to a local bike shop to have it just built, gave me a level of trust that I wouldn't have had with myself. Um, and even having put um, together a, you know, my 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 son's first um, pedal bike, and there were just a couple pieces to put together. Even that, I was kinda like, Think I'm doing this well, but you know that kind of made me realize I don't know a lot about bike mechanics and and how and and then what happens when something isn't quite right. Um, And I would say the the the. The most challenging one on my end is is the braking piece, right? Like a brake adjustments are, are, are a pretty complicated thing to someone who's never really done that before, right? Um, but, yeah, the process of buying it and getting it and, and doing all that was easy, and then it was just about kind of taking down the road and, and and figuring out what all I need to now go forward.
0: Yeah. So at that point, all of the things that you need to go riding,
1: where did you learn about what you need. Yeah. To get it. Yeah. So a lot of that's still Google. I mean, um, the, um, there's, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think a lot of it was still going online. Um, I think I would, I would often start with a, with some kind of search of, you know, what do I need or a YouTube video, right? There's a few different, you know, groups out there, uh, GCN Network and some others that put out some decent stuff for beginners about 10 tips, things you need to know, those types of things, right? Um, so you watch some of that and then you're trying to decide do I really need that or not um, and you don't know so you kind of, and you also don't want to pay full price, right? And I mean, you all right, that's painful. That is painful, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know what, so so yeah, so it's just kind of working through all that, like what do I really need? How much do I want to spend? Um, what do I want to do with this? And then, Um, um, yeah. And so, so it was a lot of just kind of searching for that and wondering, and then you'd go into, you know, and, and honestly, I feel like the next, I feel like it's always like, what do I need? And then my next search is always, do I really need this? (laughs) And then it's like, what does the online community say about this? Is this really helpful or not? And so, and then it's a lot of just kind of shopping around and trying to get, get some pieces together. Um, because again, and, and it's weird to say this, I, I, uh, but just kind of going into that, going into bike shops, which I would say every interaction I've had with, with all of the great bike shops in, in town, they've been amazing and super helpful, but there's still something about here I am. I don't know what I'm doing and I need help. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of that swallowing the pride just to be able to ask questions is, is important for that too.
0: Humility is, it's hard to grasp sometimes. Right. But kudos, kudos to you for, for jumping into that. Yeah. feel like we don't hear too many stories about people jumping in without some sort of background or some friends who are pushing them to do it and you you went for it
1: I did yeah yeah Uh,
0: so you you you're at the point where you you had your Poseidon you kind of got your kit figured out and some some items that you're taking with you um with did you did you learn how to change a flat before going out or did you experience that after first getting a flat
1: yeah so i um i watched videos (laughs) (laughs) i watched youtube videos um i mean yeah so that was the the first thing I, i i or not first thing and then i and i and i bit the bullet and i'm like you know what i'm going to get co2 that just seems easier to deal with than than a pump um i um and then i kind of was like all right i'm going to have a you know I, I got some good advice like you know it's it's a lot easier just to keep a spare tube rather than try to patch it on the on the trail you know that type of stuff so it's like i i had it and then i and it and it, it took a few months to get my first flat Wrote um, over some glass that i didn't see and and got that and it took a while like i'm not like a speed demon on this but um but it but it worked and and i was amazed at how many people like kind of slowed down or stopped and just double checked to see did I have everything I needed? Was I okay? Um, and you know, I didn't quite have enough CO2 because I kind of putzed around with it a little too much. Mm-hmm. So I so one guy did kind of help me pump it up a bit. And so that was a nice feeling too of like, you know what, you don't have to have this completely figured out to get going. And there's going to be a whole bunch of people along the way, whether you ask or not, that are that are going to be more than willing to to help. So, a lo- yeah, a lot of that's learning on the way, and then a lot of it's crossing fingers and hoping that like certain things just don't happen. <laughs> <And then laughs> if, if they do, it's a it's maybe a, a phone call and a ride home and take it to a shop.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that is something that's worth noting. A lot of people who aren't in the mountain bike space won't know this, but more than almost any other athletic endeavor I've ever been involved in, there is still a community just understanding in the bike world especially in the mountain bike world that if you see someone stopped on the trail you ask are they okay like there's this weird hey we're all in this together we're not going to leave you out in the woods like you need a pump you need some CO2 what do you need yeah absolutely which again like you don't know until you're there and you're the guy sitting on the side of the trail and then like you were saying people stop people you don't know you have no idea who they are they're just asking hey do you need help yeah
0: um so you you we're just tracking this story like you you started getting into this yep. for uh you know, keeping up with your son mm-hmm. and then some little some COVID sanity mm-hmm. and then health benefits and some exploration and it just kind of built upon itself and so after getting that first bike um, and then starting to roam around what has it turned into like as you built a little bit of confidence and knowing this is what you're capable of, you know what to do if problems happen. Did that take you to diff- different parts of town? Because at this point, you're still riding gravel and road, right?
1: Yeah, so absolutely. So, so yeah, I think that is – and I should probably – it's funny. I'm, I'm thinking about pulling up Strava because I feel like that <laughs> no is way. like – I mean, the good and bad news is I, I started using that immediately. So, it's been fun to see, like, progress oh, over yeah. time. Um, but it's also like, you know – a reality check too in terms of, you know, Oh, that's, I've only done that amount. So, so I think to frame that too, I mean, we're, you know, this is November when I get this gravel bike. Um, so November, December, and kind of January, it might be, you know, a ride a week, you know, depending on weather, um, depending on how things are, how things are looking. Um, and then, um, but but what you notice when you went with a bike is you do want to start exploring more of the city and, and and seeing what all is out there and I really enjoyed that part of it. Um you know, there's the the exercise part which is I can do the same trail or the same loop and just see You know, if I can just keep doing that, but, but there is this, how can I add on a little section or how can I add some elevation or extend this ride a little bit, you know, where else can I go? Um, and, and then, you know, you, you realize, okay, the nice thing about a gravel bike is it it covers a lot of territory. Um, But there's uh, there's a big hole right where it doesn't cover, which Mm -hmm. is a whole lot of single track, especially in a town like Colorado Springs. Um, And now maybe an expert could ride some of that on the gravel, but (laughs) I I am no expert, right? Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there are some some areas that I've explored on the mountain bike that others have ridden on something more like a gravel bike, but um, that is not. Uh, that is not me. So, so I think as I saw more opportunity of here's what this city has to offer and here's what biking has to offer. I got really excited about the next bike and, you know, and, 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 and I mean, it's, it's amazing. And it's funny when you, when you start reading about Okay, how to get into biking and, and what do you need? And everyone always talks about this, like you know, the N plus one, you, you always want another bike. <laughs> right. and, and at first I'm like, no, and, and, and nobody I think thinks that going into it, like, oh, that's not going to be me, but it is. I mean, I'll just, you know, for anyone <laughs> listening, if you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I'm thinking about, you know, biking, Um, just know that once you start, you're going to want another bike and just prepare for that. Um, so, you know, so I have this gravel bike and it's, it's, it's kind of an all arounder, right? It's, it's, it's a one by setup. So it, which has a nice ratio overall ratio. Um, but it's, it's also a bike that has limitations. And so it has limitations on, I would say, either end of things, right? Mm -hmm. On the mountain biking and single track side, there's obvious limitations to where you can ride, what you can do on kind of the flip side, right on the road side, it's, you're never going to be quite as fast. You're not going to be, have quite the gear ratios and, and to go as fast as you want, or maybe you might struggle up on some climbing. Right. Yeah, And so on that. So, so I decided kind of in, in, in early winter, I really want to start exploring, um, some of the parks that Colorado Springs has to offer. And part of that was again, my kids and, you know, a lot of the, the areas where people mountain bike are also areas where, where people hike. So I mean, for better or worse, right? <laughs> when you're biking, yeah, you don't yeah, always yeah, yeah. want all those hikers around. But, you know, you know when we're exploring, um, there's an area called Red Rocks Open Space. Um, Palmer Park is another. Um, and so those two areas were areas where we were taking our boys to get outside and to kind of climb and rocks a little bit and to just explore and get them out. And it's also like, oh, these are great trails. There's some really great stuff around here. I want to ride that. Right. And I want to not, you know, spend five hours hiking through all these paths. I would like to take an hour or two and be able to ride them all right. And, and enjoy that. And so I started looking at, okay, like what would it, you know, what would it, what would a mountain bike look like? So Uh do
2: you feel that when you, so you'd already gone through, you said, all right, I've been through the challenge of going from not even knowing where to start to your first bike. Was it any easier?" Having done the first search for the gravel bike to go back and say, all right, now mountain bikes, where do I start? Or was it like going all the way back to like square one again?
1: I think I, that's a great question. I think it was easier and harder. So I think it was easier because I knew that I needed to ask questions and I shouldn't do it alone and I don't know everything. Um, and I kind of know more questions to ask. Does that make sense? Like I, yeah. like I don't – that whole I don't know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like I know more but that knowing helps me see where my gaps are in my knowledge too, if that yeah, makes sense. So totally does. Um, so in that way, it was easier. Mm-hmm. What made it far more complex and harder was multiple things, right? One is um, bike supply during this time is more right. challenging. So you can you can do your your Google searches, which of course I did repeatedly. Um, But that doesn't mean the bike that sounds great online is going to be available
2: anywhere. Right. And for those who are listening to this later, if this is still online when COVID is really and truly over here in the midst of 2021, there are no bikes at all anywhere for love or money to be found. So that we hope those supply problems will eventually iron themselves out. But you're right. Like at this point, there is there's very little to buy.
1: Yeah, and and you know, yeah. For those listening farther down the line, you're gonna have a great selection of bikes from people who bought <laughs> COVID and uh, decided it wasn't for them. So um, it's all about timing. So yeah, it's all about yeah. timing, right? So so a limited market mm-hmm. um, made it harder. Also, like the whole, what am I looking at? Right. So with so with with mountain bikes, you have a lot more options, and you have a lot more options within options. I mean, there's I mean, with road and gravel there's options, right? But it typically comes down to frame and group set and brand, right? Right. I mean, maybe there's a little bit, you know, there's a few other pieces. But with mountain bikes, it's hardtail, it's full suspension, it's, you know, different amounts of, of, um, the 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 term. The travel. Travel, yeah, exactly. Different amounts of travel. So it's like, and what do you, and then what type of riding you want to do. And then when you don't, necessarily know what type of riding you want to do because you've never really ridden Mm -hmm. any, any length that makes it challenging. Right. So, so how did you navigate that part? We'll just start right there. So, I mean, it's, it's, it was pretty, it was somewhat simple in terms of, you know, it's where it's, what can I ride around Colorado Springs and what would I enjoy riding around Colorado Springs? And I'm not someone who's really like a daredevil. Like I want to bomb down, you know, a, 90% grade or something. Right. Like that's not like my idea of fun is not like trying to, you know, see how far I can put my, push myself from that type of extreme. Uh So that was very easy to eliminate like downhill bikes. Right. right? Um, and, um, and so the, um, so, so then you started, it's this process elimination. Right. And so I, so I, so I, I, I ended up deciding I want a trail bike because, it's again, it's kind of an all arounder It it gives me a lot of help on more technical stuff if I get into that. However, I can still climb some hills without feeling like I got the wrong bike, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And and in some ways, with a you know with a trail and 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 I, I I go back and forth a little bit. If I would have been better off with with maybe something that had less travel, um, but it's also like, can I ride this bike? To the places I want to ride because that's another big piece. Is, you know, sure. I, I'm three and a half to five miles away from three good areas to ride. Why would I, you know, I, I don't need to be you right, I don't what? need to be drive to ride, drive to ride, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I'd like to ride to ride, it, and so that did it. And, um, yeah,
2: so what did you end up
1: with? So I ended up with an Orbia Occam, okay, um, and it was partly a Google search <laughs> that, <laughs> that helped Google. me do that. It yeah. was kind of like trail bike reviews, and one of the things that that jumped out to that um, for me on that was um, that it, it 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 rated really highly on the climbing part, and I knew mm-hmm. that as a heavier guy and as someone whose you know fitness needs to be in better that that climbing is going to be a challenge for me, and so it was nice to get. You know, to to look at a trail bike that had kind of a a, a better setup for for climbing. Um, the other big piece, though, was Josh, and <laughs> and that's where I think I thought I'm talking about this like I did this all alone, and I, you know, <laughs> I'm just this like lone wolf blazing a new trail. Um, but Josh was really helpful with this search as well because um, I, you know, in talking with with you, Josh, there was a lot of well, should I go the used route? What's out there? And you helped me look out look at it and say, there's really not anything there th- at that time. Um, and then it was helpful to, when I was looking at this Orbia, and there was one in stock in town, mm-hmm. um, you know, to be able to compare that to what else was out there at the time was really helpful. And Josh helped kind of coach me through, you're going to like this bike better than this five-year-old, ibis or whatever it was right and and talking a little about geometry and those kind of pieces too and so um so that was a huge help and that kind of helped me say yes this is the right bike for me at this yeah that makes sense
0: and has that still rung true you enjoyed
1: it. I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it. <laughs> I, I was I'm, on the drive over here. I was just thinking, and it's been a. It, I haven't I haven't ridden it as much in the last few weeks as I as I would have liked to. Um, with with kids out of school, there's a guilt to like. See you later. I'm going on a bike ride by myself. Um, good luck with these screaming terrors. Uh, so um, but but yeah, I think it's been a really good choice. I think it's been a great all-arounder. There are times where I wonder if I would be, because I really like more flowy, not super technical right now. It might be there's an argument it might be too much bike for me in terms of the amount of suspension and and travel on that, but um, but I'd much rather have that, I think, than regret not having that, if that makes sense.
2: Really, what I'm hearing, though, is you're saying you need another yeah, bike. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the list in my head is now like five or six, right? I mean, I got to go <laughs> something more road. I got to get a better gravel. I'll keep my current gravel as a commuter, right? A hardtail <laughs> add-on trail. Then I'll be good, right? Like, uh, yeah. And yeah. The other piece we haven't talked about, um, which was, which was, I think hugely inf- influential in this process was a contest that I entered, yeah, um, that's right. to try to win a bike. And so I, so, you know, I, that that's, this is, that's no small part of my interest in, in mountain biking is, um, is not winning a contest basically but but thinking <laughs> still I still you. want to do it. Yeah, I still got me. I still want to yeah, do it, it. So, yeah. Yeah, so start st- tell us that whole story. Like go from the
2: beginning on yeah, that one. Yeah, like, who was so, the contest? What's it for?
1: Yeah, and so and and you know when you when you get into biking and you Google search things about biking all the time, your your Facebook feed And everything else in your social media life becomes biking-related. So every advertisement, every relative community or related content, right, it's all Mm -hmm. biking-related. So one of the things that popped up was this ad for – it's called From the Ground Up. Um, And two guys out of Boulder, Alexi Vermeulen and um, Ryan Petri, um, were running this. And basically they were – they were running a contest and they were going to select three individuals to race in the Leadville 100 and they wanted beginners and they were going to basically supply these beginners with everything they needed to go from a beginner cyclist in March or beginning of March to racing Leadville in what was that end of July or beginning of the very yeah. first week of August, whatever that is. Right. Um, and so, which is, so I decided to enter that and I mean, it was a, it's a sweet deal. I mean, um, those two guys are obviously amazing uh, cyclists and have a lot of expertise, but you know, Canyon was going to provide a bike Wahoo's providing a, a kicker and, and training supplies. You're getting like, um, I think, infinite, which is, uh, uh, nutrition is providing all, I mean, just the list goes on, right? Yeah. A ton of sponsorship, like the idea of a beginner cycle was basically getting what a, um, pro gets in terms of like the, the support from the stuff side of things was really awesome. Oh, and so I, yeah. forget a beginner. I know
2: plenty of seasoned cyclists who would have deleted their Strava profile just to have a shot at that, to act like a newbie. Like to get to oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's funny because there's a Facebook group now that that is that is part of this. And half of these people, I'm like, you're riding like 100 miles a day. Like, you're not a beginner. Like, what are you yeah. talking about? So <laughs> um, but yeah, so I entered this. I sent in a video and I talked kind of like this about how it's, it's intimidating to be a beginner. You got all this stuff you got to figure out you know, even just, you know, what you're wearing and temperature and, you know, padded shorts and all these things, right? It's just, it's complicated. And, um, I got an interview with them. I wasn't selected. I think they selected three great people that, that really show how cycling can be, can expand out, um, to communities that maybe aren't always a part of the cycling community so i thought that was a really great decision on their part but i was also super bummed i mean my wife thought i was like going into depression because i didn't win this thing after getting an interview and and it it did because it was like oh this is it was a very hopeful thing yeah so so it's kind of like okay how do i keep this hope going and that was another big impetus on on the mountain bike piece was um you know what i might not have all of the stuff for free but that doesn't mean i can't go get something and enjoy this spring and summer and beyond by, by exploring um, all the trails that, that this city and area have to offer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And they still helped you out a little bit, right? And they, connected you with a community of writers who are are still wanting to get involved more. Is that, is that true?
1: Yeah. I mean, so yeah, there's a community that, um, came out of this and they, you know, I mean, they've also provided some discounts on some stuff. So, you know, um, which is, which has been super helpful, um, on some things. There's a, there's a community on Strava and, and on Facebook. So it's nice to see kind of how other people are writing and encouraging each other in that. Um, I haven't necessarily stepped into that a ton, um but it's been nice to kind of see that and, and be a part of that um for sure. And I think that'll even pick up more as as those three get closer to and closer to, to Leadville. Um so it'll really be exciting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You you've mentioned Strava a few times. <laughs> what uh, what has your Strava journey been like? Like you said you started Strava the moment you started riding. Yeah. Do you do you use that for every single ride? Do you keep track of your data? And and why, if so?
1: I love I love data. Um, so in my job, one of the things I really enjoy are things like spreadsheets and strategic planning and create using data to understand what's going on. And and using it to inform best practices and how to improve, I really like that. Right on my professional side, in my in my personal life, I love data. Like I'm a I'm a I'm a spreadsheet person for my budget and for financial stuff. Right, so so I like that stuff. Mm-hmm. I I recognized early on that it's helpful to have that in, in biking, I'll be honest. I still don't know how to use that stuff half the time. Right. (laughs) I mean, I mean, that's another intimidating and complicated part of cycling is when you, you know, when you get beyond, was I, you know, asking questions like, was I tired at the end of this ride or how tired am I? -hmm. When you get to things like heart rate and power and relative effort and, all of these metrics, like it's fascinating. I, but at the same time, I'm still like, I don't even know really how to do this. And that's one of the sad parts about not winning that kind of competition. And also me recognizing that there is definitely a need for help when it comes to if you want to go from just writing more to how do I improve? And this is kind of what I'm thinking about. Now, without you know, without taking any action on it yet, is you probably need other people in your corner to help you think through that. Um, or you need some resources beyond just a whole bunch of metrics because Strava is great and there's a lot of other things that are great that can throw a bunch of stuff in your direction and show you all kinds of cool stuff. But if you're not sure how to use it, it kind of gets it kind of can just feel over. And so my journey is I really enjoy it, I like seeing it. What I like best about apps like Strava is um, having a few friends on there. I can see their routes. I can see what they're doing. I think that's really cool. Um, and um, and then it's also helped me see where else in the city I can go because you don't always know the routes. and You don't always know the roads that work well or don't work well. Right. And, and I got on one loop where I thought I knew where I was going. I could not find – kind of the trail connection piece somewhere out out on the east side city. And then I like end up on these super busy roads. And, you know, so here I am just like riding on the sidewalk in the middle of like concrete jungle, um, trying to get my way back. And so um so yeah, so I think the journey has been, it's been fun to track progress. It's been fun to see things like miles and what I'm doing. But um and and it's a lot of fun to see improvement over segments and stuff like that. Oh yeah. But I am so far away from like, you know, any sort of, you know, winning of Strava, (laughs) right? That in some ways it's almost better for me probably than it is for, for probably people like you all who are like always looking at how do I become, you know, king? Right? Yeah. Where I'm like, man, I'm in the top 40 for my weight group. Awesome. Right? Like, <laughs> or I was like the fifth best today because it was super cold and windy, and there are probably seven people out there. So, hey, I'll take it, you know? Um, but yeah, that's kind of my journey. Does that answer that question a little bit? Yeah,
0: okay. absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it's a tool at its best. Um, and yeah, you, you raise a great point that w- without some guidance coming into it, it, uh, it's very limited in what it can actually do for you. But starting out with the data collection, I think you know, as you progress, if you do decide that you want to push limits more and continue to um, grow in various areas and set goals, whether it's a race or whether it's just bettering your own fitness, um, there are a lot of ways that you can use what you already have collected and see a baseline to move forward from. Uh, and probably already a lot of a lot of points along the way that you've um achieved some pretty amazing growth without even noticing to some extent so there are a lot of ways that riders can do that we can talk more about in the future um but one of those is just getting together with friends who ride or with with local coaches there are a lot of amazing coaches in our community uh, or group rides that uh go out. There's a, there's an Acacia park group ride here in town. It goes out every Saturday morning. Uh, and that can be pretty intense, but, uh, there are all sorts of things that are consistently happening to help push the limits.
2: And so especially so, like, if you get into road biking, uh, nobody really wants to talk about the first time you hit the deck. Cause that's, or, you know, cars, all, like sure. threats are very big threats mm-hmm. in mountain biking. However, it's not long before you end up hitting the dirt. So, and this is just kind of part of life. So have you taken a good digger yet off the mountain bike?
1: Yes. I mean, uh, I wasn't that serious, I guess, but I will say not all the threats on a road or gravel are, are big. Um, I did almost hit a, rabbit the other day um <laughs> other night It was like 9:30 at night on my first night ride I'm like oh sweet like it's night time I'll ride on these trails and 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 that's like rabbits zooming by like they like they don't want to live um Her so between lungs. that yeah, between I don't know what's worse the the, the rabbits or like the humans walking their dogs without any light source at 9:30 at night I don't know I don't know which one was <laughs> was worse or had more had more wits to them but um, but yeah, so, so funny story, Jason. And so that, so the, so I get my Orbia. Yeah. The first ride is with you on that right. bike. Like yeah. first ride, other than just like riding it around the block to see how, it, how it feels mm-hmm. is with, um, um, so, so you and another friend of ours, we went down to Lake Pueblo, which is a, a, a great reservoir. I was, uh, I was really impressed. It's a lot, a lot of trail. Um, I would describe it as, um, a lot of flowy stuff kind of, yeah. kind of, at, yeah. you know, up above. And then you can get into a, a lot of technical stuff as you, as you kind of go into the reservoir area and kind of downhill mm-hmm. and stuff. I don't know how you describe that, but. No, um, it's accurate. So, so I get this, you know, so we get, we get there. And of course you, you and you and our other friend are, are going to be, uh, you know, obviously in much better shape and, and, and have ridden a lot. And so, you know, within, 15 seconds you're you're a good bit ahead and, and and that's fine with me i don't really care um but i am like amazed i'm like wow this bike has so much traction like and i'm just like it's, i felt like i was like testing out the traction like oh wow look at this i can do i can do anything i want with that and uh-huh. immediately as i thought i can do anything i want with that and had some speed i totally just like slipped out on this sandy section and just totally bit it and so <laughs> like this 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 pretty new, you know, shirt gets kind of ripped up a little bit. And, um, and, and, and I had, you know, I had knee pads like any sane person does when they're learning how to ride, um, and, and, and aren't afraid to wear them. Um, and they already got scuffed up a bit. And so, so literally like a minute into the ride, they're up at the top of this hill and I come up and I already have like dust all over me. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, (laughs) and I totally try to play it off. It's no big deal. But, but it was it was it was it was like so immediate. I will say though that that probably saved me from a worse crash later that day. Yeah, because I'm like, okay, there are limits to this grip and to these <laughs> tires, and being tubeless and having these awesome new tires and this great bike is great. But I still have to control this thing, and I'm and I still need to know my limits, and so. So it was a total embarrassing, but at the same time, it probably saved me from being from being more stupid later that day, and 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 not having too much confidence. Since yeah. then, I have not, um, I have not had any sort of major or minor crash, um, but I've also, I think, been pretty cautious, and and like I said, not. I'm not afraid to get off that bike and and hike something that I just don't feel comfortable with, or I can start and kind of ease my way into something and and bail if I need to.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a really good point right there that you bring up. Um, everybody's on a different point in the spectrum on this one. Some people probably feel an intense amount of pressure when they get into a new sport that they got to, you know, they got to perform and they got to do everything right. The first time other people, who will end up living longer (laughs) are willing to be smart about it and say, Hey, I don't think I feel like that's safe for me yet. I'm just going to walk that. I'm going to maybe ask questions. I'm going to come back to that feature later, which is a huge part of all athletic endeavors, but especially in mountain biking where you
1: can get yourself in trouble. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Jason. And I think had we started with a more technical section too, I might've been more likely to get myself into trouble, but because we spent a good hour, hour and a half, I would say on on less technical terrain. Uh, I think that helped me one build confidence in what I could do, but also see, you know what, um, these other pieces are are challenging. And and um, and I was actually surprised how challenging climbing was mm, on a mountain yeah.
2: bike, like from a technical perspective. You yeah, mean? I mean, yeah. you
1: think right on a road bike, you just kind of switch into a, you just ch- slowly change your gears and keep grinding up, but on a mountain bike. Yeah. You have so much more to work through and your lines and, you know, your, your gearing has to be just right. It can't be, can't be one or the other or else you're mm-hmm. either going to die out halfway up or you're going to, you know, be spinning and, and not make progress either. So, so yeah, but I do think that, you know, that, 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 that kind of easing into it was, is helpful and you know, yeah. Not everyone does that, and I probably wouldn't have done that if I hadn't bid it on something totally stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's better to fall
0: now than fall harder later.
1: I'm sure that's like a ancient proverb that has something like that, Josh, or maybe yeah. you're, you have it right now.
0: I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> not my words. Not my words. Uh, but at some point, well, there are, there are two classifications of writer: those who have gone over the bars and those who will go over the bars.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's really, really all there is. <laughs>
1: so I will go over the bars apparently. at some point yeah,
0: no. at some point. Um, I'd love to ask, you know, in this progression of riding, do you remember what it was like on that first ride that you went out on your Poseidon versus the last ride that you did on your mountain bike And can you compare and contrast like what you took with you and how you felt getting started?
1: Yeah. So, so kind of the, kind of, as I, um, you mean kind of like what that transition from like not biking to biking, but then being on an old slow bike to the ground, like that type of thing.
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah. Or, you know, just, the research that you did to know like, okay, this is what I need to take with me in order to be sufficient. And has that shifted at all since you got on the mountain bike and started getting a little more confidence in your riding and where you can go and what you can do?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, there's definitely, I would say there you know, but there's, a, there's, there's a, a large amount of joy and excitement in biking. And so the, the great thing when you're starting out is that joy and excitement is, I would say, more often and more current, right? The first time I took my gravel bike out, I felt so stinking fast right? Compared to that now. Right. And I, and, and, and the cool thing is, is like I was, are using strokes. I could easily see like how much time Mm -hmm. I had shaved off just from that old mountain bike. Right. Um, now reality hits when you look at, wait a second, like you're not really that fast. You're just, you know, faster than you on a much lower bike. Um, but there's a lot of joy in, okay, I'm being faster, right. I'm enjoying this. Right. And I would say, you know, and I didn't expect that, that, that there is that kind of that bike component of I have this machine under me that is engineered to do things and I'm learning how to do those things. So I think there's a joy in that, um, going from kind of the gravel to the mountain, there was, there was a big difference in, I would say build quality, (laughs) right. And, or, and then like groups and it's like, wow, this is, you know, this is super smooth and this is great. And so there's, there's excitement in that. And then just kind of the, yeah, doing things that I can't, that I couldn't do. It's easy, though. I would say, and and I would I would think for you all, it's there might be times where it's harder to find that joy because you've done this a thousand times. There's not as many firsts for you. It might be more like you're chasing first. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the I would say the you know on both sides of it the the joys are are frequent. Um, but the challenges are really frequent too, right? Where, you know, and, and, the, and the frustration can be there too. So, you know, being on, um, yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, the, it, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a great thing. It's just, it's also a hard thing. And, I, um, and I was thinking about it on the way here, it's like one of the hard things is your mind is not always where your body is when it comes to your cycling ability. Right. And so sometimes that's frustrating or, Um, while riding, while there's a ton of joy in riding, I'm also really tired, (laughs) right? So it's like, so sometimes, so Colorado Springs has some great views. Sometimes I am too tired to really enjoy that view, right? (laughs) Or I'm so focused on not falling and being and going over my handlebars that it's like, am I really enjoying this ride? And so that's an interesting combo there of, right, where I think, you know, your, your joy or, or, or once you feel comfortable and on a trail, that joy changes from – and that excitement changes from from tackling it to now, like, being able to breathe and enjoy it and get yeah. better at it, if that makes sense. Yeah.
2: And this is to say nothing of the Strava problem of are you – are you just enjoying being out, like – or are you so focused on, oh, I got to get a better time. Oh, I got to get faster, which – might not be a thing for you at this point but certainly can become a part of riding for people later on you know you mentioned that chasing that first to that KOM you can find yourself in these places where all you care about is faster faster faster
1: That's a dangerous black hole yeah i would think so i mean and and i would say i would say i would say someone like me as a beginner still struggles with that obviously not like the black hole of the KOM or anything like that but but there is something about that that desire to be better than and and it's a natural good desire to be better than we were the last time right yeah. but but that does rob some of the joy of it right and you know riding with my kids is the slowest like <laughs> it's the slowest ride i do uh-huh but it's also sometimes the most joy filled yeah. Because we're looking at things and we're exploring and they're having fun, right? And I'm not thinking, is this the segment, you know, that I really care about or what did I do last time or, um, and, and I do think there is still that sense of, especially when you take the same trails or, or you're going on the same path or the same loop you did prior, you just want to be a little bit better no matter what. And and that does rob a little bit of that joy out, and I think yeah. I almost I almost think I don't know how you all do it, but I almost think certain rides should just be designated as like
0: joy rides. Joy
1: rides, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, and I you're just gonna say I don't I'm not gonna care about this. I'm just gonna have fun. Or or it's it's almost like what is the goal, right? Maybe the goal is not time. Maybe it's you know just time in the saddle. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's finding a new way. And so that's something that, um, I think one of the ways I'm trying to combat that is how do I find different paths and different routes and different things I can explore? Because if I've never done something before, then I don't have anything to compare it to. Um, and so, you know, uh, a, a, a few weeks ago, I, I did a, a pretty, uh, a pretty good climb, um, up, a up, up, a. I don't know what, like a mountain, old mountain pass, um, called Gold Camp Road. And that was the first time I did that kind of entire climb. And I was, it was slow. It was a slog and, and, (laughs) um, but it was beautiful sights and scenery. And, um, and it was a lot of fun. And I wasn't thinking, man, how did I do versus the last time I climbed it? I was just enjoying it more. I also rode with a, a guy from work and that was helpful because one, he could push me some when he, you know, um, and, and he was more fit than me, but also there were times where he wanted to take, take a picture too. And that was great. I'm like, why am I not stopping to take a picture every now and then or something? Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and instead of just worrying about, oh, I'm in the middle of this segment, I need to somehow finish this to post my 45th best time of the day. <laughs> right. Like who cares? Right. Just enjoy this because I think you, you lose out if you don't, if you're not enjoying it the, the journey.
0: Some wise words. Wise words, indeed. Uh, You mentioned that uh, riding with your kids is some of the slowest riding that you're doing right now. I will say that will probably not remain that way, as, as kids these days are unbelievably fast as they get older if they continue to ride and don't think my that's goodness. gonna. Don't think you have a lot of time
2: because we were at the original Growler a couple of weeks ago, and I believe the youngest kid who completed the twenty miler was nine.
0: Yep, nine years old, and the winner of the thirty-two mile classic Growler was sixteen years old.
2: Yeah, beat every other grown man and woman in the field. Sixteen-year-old kid.
1: Yeah, it's impressive, and I I know my my six-year-old girl really enjoys riding. He just got his first geared uh bike with gears and so he's super excited about that And we were riding the other day and i'm like oh man like i actually have to keep up with you it's our <laughs> it's our four and a half year old that's kind of keeping us all a little slower mm. he's down he's got he's got one training wheel So we had one training wheel just fell off and we're like, you know what? We're not putting it back on. You're down to one. (laughs) And then, and then he, and, and, and he's fine with that, but he is is committed to not taking that other training wheel off until he turns five, which is really frustrating because he could easily ride Mm -hmm. without it, but he, he, but he wants it. So he just pedals along and, and takes in the sights and, and looks everywhere. And, um, yeah, but it works out pretty well. That's awesome, but yeah, I I don't doubt that it's and and the bikes they they make for kids are unbelievable. I mean,
2: oh, you mean as opposed to the like lead and solid rubber wheels
1: well, things that we had as kids? Yeah, yeah. I mean, right? I mean, I mean that yeah that well I mean but hey, no flats on those kids bikes when, when, we, were, when we were kids and, and no right. issues, right? Those things were built to you know like tanks, but yeah. Um, but it is interesting because I would say there's still a lot that are built like tanks and mm-hmm. you're kind of like, why is this thing so heavy? This kid is five years old. He doesn't need a 30 pound bike or whatever it is, but, um, fitness benefits. Yeah. That's yeah. Why fitness benefits. Right. It's I know. It's, yeah. I mean, that would be like us having like a, you know, hundred pound bike. Um, it's, <laughs> you know, it's just crazy. Um, but, but on the, on the flip side, I mean, the, the fact that there are like upper end bikes for, for kids right now is, is fascinating and also a little scary. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It is scary. Yeah, talking about joy, I I think riding with kids is one of the best ways to remain joyful and gain that perspective because kids are better than pretty much any of us at uh, seeing the world through through that joy lens lens of joy. I would say. Yeah.
2: So um, one of the one of the biggest things about cycling that I think a lot of us who have been in it for a while love is what cycling ends up teaching you or giving you that you can take off the bike into the rest of your life. Mm. Would you say you've hit anything like that? That's either been, you know, a lesson or, uh, just something else that you've discovered about yourself, about the world that cycling has given you.
1: Yeah. Um, I think, I think cycling has given me an, an outlet for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it's, you know, with, you know, married with kids, um, in COVID is the, is the other, group. but even just, you know, there's a lot of, the older you get, the more responsibilities you have in life. Right. And yeah. the more stuff takes kind of grabs at your time and you have limited windows, um, of time. And, 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 and I would say, so, so one of the things cycling gives is it almost gives back time a little bit where, where it's kind of, I'm, I'm on a ride. I can't check email. Right, I'm not stuck on my computer or or on my phone. I mean, how many of us, you know, we're amazed. My parents were in town the other weekend. You know, there's one point we're all just sitting around and looking at our phones, right? And that's what we were doing. And it's like, so I think it gives you back a sense of of exploration of of being away from the the grind of of the day to day, Um, and I think it. It, you know, it's it's interesting. The idea of like cadence and speed and um and kind of frankly gearing and approach to a section are all things that I take, right? There's there's a cadence to my life. Is that the cadence that is is that my endurance cadence, right? Or is that yeah, is yeah, that yeah. my tempo, right? Or am I going through life in a way where I'm going to be burnt out because I'm just running too much of a cadence or, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, um, you know, am I gonna, am I kind of bonking out on life because of, you know, how I'm running myself through life or through my work or through, or through that. Right. So, so I think there's a lot of that. How, how do, how to approach things? Cause you're, you don't often stop, but you do have to, you know, when you're on a, on a bike, you're, you're looking at, you know, you're, you're looking at things in advance you're doing things now, but you're preparing at the same time for, for what's coming up. And so I think that's a, that's definitely a takeaway as well as how do we do that in other parts of our world too, so that we are prepared, but we're also flexible and we're also going at a pace where, um, that's, that's sustainable too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love, love that analogy. Thank you. Dropping that wisdom bomb. Uh <laughs> um. Do you, do you have any other words of wisdom or encouragement that you would give towards somebody who uh, was in a similar spot as you were uh, about a year ago at this point who is, like, contemplating getting into cycling
1: but has no idea where to start? Yeah. Um, I think it's – I mean, obviously, I Google helps. <laughs> us <I was> getting <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Try, Maybe not Google. I, uh, <laughs> search engine. No. Um, I would say that um, – the biggest thing is asking questions. I wish I had asked more questions when I started. I wish I was more willing to reach out to others and just pick their brains on stuff. Um, so um, you don't know what you don't know. And it's okay to ask questions um, about everything or anything um, that, 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 that you're thinking about. Um, and often I think you'll find that there's not necessarily one answer. And that's okay too. So I think that, you know, I think also it's a, you know, get a bike and start riding. I think that's the other thing is, is we've made this thing super complex and in our heads, we make it complex. And there's an argument for some complexity, but at the end of the day, right, you can do a lot with just a bike and the ability to repair a flat tire or a little bit of money so you can, you know call someone or, or get a ride, right, and, yeah. and and get picked up somewhere, right, on your way back. So, I mean, just with those things and a, and a helmet, because you don't want to, you know, be an idiot, um, but it, just with those things, you can you can cover a lot of ground, and you don't have to be the fastest, and you don't have to be the best, And but enjoying and just, just going out and enjoying it, I think, is the best way to, to start. You can always add complexity as much or as little as you want to. You can- get a bike and ride it and have fun. And that's your only bike and you're good to go for, for a really long time. Yeah. Or you can be like me and decide, well, what else can I do? And how else <laughs> can I get involved and, and all that kind of stuff? Um, that would be my advice, padded shorts or, um, <laughs> a, actually a bib. I have, so, I mean, I will say I, I bought, uh, a, a bunch of, or uh, a bunch of stuff cause I knew I needed it. Um, I didn't think I would like bibs. So I went with the padded shorts and the, and the, the pants and all of that, especially I buy winter, almost winter gear. Cause I was in November when I started getting that stuff. Um, but it turns out bibs are so much more comfortable for me than that. So I would say don't be afraid to get get some bibs. And there are some inexpensive options out there that still work pretty well. Um, Black bibs is great. Um, I really like them for an inexpensive bib. Um, Sierra Trading Post has a lot of discounted bike stuff. And you have to be – it's a little hit or miss in terms of what they have. But, you know, stuff like that, right? There's, there's places out there. And there's people that can help you think through this stuff. And local bike shops are also – amazing resources nobody's judged me when i had a question or needed help in a bike shop you all haven't judged me when i've asked a question that is you know whatever right um and um and that that would be my advice is ask questions shop around don't be intimidated just get into it and then decide how far into it you want to go thank you
2: yeah yeah i think that is all really great advice for somebody who's just getting started
0: yeah. And, you know, thank you for taking the time and being willing to join in on one of these first few podcast episodes from Supa and uh, just share what the experience has been like for you. It is uh, it's an honor to have you alongside. Yeah. And we'll
2: uh, you never know. We may have to revisit this down the road somewhere. See how check in, see how you're doing in a year or two years.
1: Absolutely, yeah, for sure, yeah. Whatever you all, whatever you all want. I think you're doing a great thing here, and um, I'm excited to see your to see and hear all the content you produce, and and, and take that in for my own selfish needs to, to learn more about about <laughs> this amazing sport and, and the adventure you you all are on. So thank you much, so much for having me.
2: If you want to know more about stand up pedal action, you can check us out online at Supa.bike. That's S-U-P-A dot B-I-K-E. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.